0: Well, we have been conversing about aging. Two weeks back, we felt that...
1: That uh, one would do well to view old age as a gift. A gift not all that many are given.
0: In the last visit on the podcast, we concluded...
1: We concluded that it's good to talk seriously about aging with someone you love...
0: And hopefully Mm. we modeled together what we had suggested because we were talking with each other about aging. (laughs)
1: Okay. Our key emphasis this visit is that America stands in desperate need of the potentially powerful prayers of its gray-haired citizens.
0: So I'm going to repeat that. That's an important statement. America stands in desperate need of the potentially powerful prayers of its gray-haired citizens.
2: Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author, Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines.
0: Now, the dictionary defines gestation like this. One, the act of carrying young in the uterus from conception to birth. Or, two, a development as of a plan in the mind.
1: And I'm not uh, identifying with the first of the. (laughs) Definitely, You
0: certainly were involved in it, though. (laughs) Well, I
1: guess so. Uh, Development as a plan in the mind, that's not exactly where I am. It's more in my spiritual being. There's something that's going on. Hmm. I understand some of it, but I don't understand some of it. I feel a little bit like Abraham of old, where the Lord says, here's what I'm going to unfold in your life. And Abraham understands it partially, but it doesn't make any sense because he's an old man. Well, he
0: tells him he's going to be the father of a great nation. and. Mm -hmm. And he knows he's old, <laughs> <Yeah>. old, old.
1: <laughs> something is birthing in me. Uh-huh. So that word gestation that you used is appropriate. But I'm 84 years old and I don't have the staff. And more than that, I don't have the stamina that I did when I was younger. So this is a very difficult thing for me as I'm trying to process so it So something
0: is happening. You're feeling something happening. What do you know so far?
1: I know several things. I know that one of the highlights of my week is a time when I pray by phone with friends. And we've been doing this for, I'm guessing it's somewhere between three and four years now. We get together and we all call in on the prayer line and we just start to pray. And we're praying specifically for an awakening in this land.
0: And maybe I should clarify that most of these people have never met one another. They're from all over. I guess in some country, ways I'm the glue because you're, you're I know kind of all the of them. They yes. all know, yes. mm-hmm. know who you are, and you've invited mm-hmm. them or opened mm-hmm. But them. we live a long,
1: a long way apart. Yeah. California, the You don't see Michigan one another. Texas, it just, yeah. This is the one mm-hmm. time when
0: you connect. once. But it's once a week. It's on Wednesdays. Noon, I think yeah, it is.
1: And, yeah, and everyone in the group feels definitely that we are called to do this, and we're getting better at it. What we're doing is we're growing ourselves, uh-huh. but we have become aware that our efforts are not nearly enough. We know there are other prayer groups going on all around the country people uh-huh. talk about this but i don't know anybody in those prayer groups and uh-huh. my feeling is that there are far less of these groups than are going to be needed uh-huh. for us to see an awakening in the land so we're at the place where i'm saying how do we multiply this in it's very important to me because I'm convinced that the way to grow in prayer is to pray with somebody else. Okay, you that's can great. Read, you can read books. You can do all those kind of things. Pray
0: alone. Yeah. But yeah, somehow yeah. the stimulus of praying with other people it's is more powerful. Yeah.
1: Like Ron is on the line and I hear him say things and I think, boy, I've been trying to express that for I don't know how long. And now he just nailed it. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. And one one of the persons, a woman in the group, she reads scripture most of the time. And it, it's scripture she has put into prayer.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's beautiful. Yeah. It
1: it gives you the goosebumps.
0: After the last prayer call this week, you said, you know, the Lord is allowing a lot of these folk to go through hard times.
1: I think that the enemy is somewhere, somebody heard in the, the word forces. that
0: this was beginning to form. Huh? And I
1: think that's characteristic of prayer groups that begin to say what we're doing is significant. Right. You know, th- there are people in our group who, who have gone through terrible, terrible things mm-hmm. now as far as the health of their children, mm-hmm. you know, and you'd say, if I would known when I had gotten into this, what might have happened, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have gone ahead with it. But, well,
0: maybe it would have happened anyway, but now they have the, the support of this group and the Lord in his grace it knowing that they would be heading into hard times so i think it there's another be. way of looking at yeah that.
1: we just don't know yeah yeah mm-hmm. i also am learning karen this is from my years of study of this topic of spiritual awakenings mm-hmm. you never have a time of renewal or revival or awakening without somewhere a base of a, prayer that's, Yeah, you, you nailed it. it there's a base of prayer and yeah. sometimes you know the, the history records this.
0: Well, and I think I've heard you say that very often those people who had this burden laid on their hearts prayed for years before they saw the end result of all of mm-hmm. those prayers. So it's it's a real calling, isn't it, that that some have been given?
1: It's a, I, I think of it almost as a gift from God to yeah. these people. Right. That somehow they stumbled or bumbled onto the importance of what they were doing. Uh-huh. But I'm learning all of this, and then then it's pushing me to say, how do we then expand what is going on? I don't think we're the only group in the world. I, I don't have God this... is
0: calling out other people yes, to, yeah, to this work very of much. prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So if I put together what we're saying for this visit before we do something a little bit odd here in mm-hmm. just a moment, it would be that America stands in desperate need of the powerful prayers of its gray-haired citizens. Hmm. And I say that because I think they are probably key to the whole thing that we're okay. talking about. Mm-hmm. This is from Tales of the Kingdom. I want to read one of the stories now, with you. Tales
0: of the Kingdom for our listeners who don't know what that is. It's a series of three books. It's a trilogy that we wrote actually 45 years ago.
1: For children of all for ages. For children
0: of all ages. And so you're drawing on one of the stories out of the third book, Tales of the Restoration.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the story after there has been a victory of the forces of good. It's the opening story, and it's about the Granny Vigilantes.
0: Okay, so let's repeat that again. This is about the Granny Vigilantes. That's the title of this story.
1: Yeah, and I've recorded all these tales. I got talked into doing it. But I listened to what I recorded and I thought that's not as good as it should be. And part of that is because there are two older women in the mm-hmm. story and I have to do all the voices when I do it by myself. <laughs> and it's a little bit corny. I, I don't sound that well. So I've twisted you your arm. You're me and this. You're going to be Grandma Sarah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll try to be a Grandma Ruthie. Okay. <laughs>
0: so we're I begging all you. kinds of tolerance for We're off to a great
1: start. <laughs> So anyway, this is after there has been a great victory by the forces of the king, and now they're trying to take back. The enchanted the enchanted city. city. yeah, is it's, becoming Bright City. Right. But it's not all the victories are won.
0: No, it's in the process.
1: Okay, are you on top of things I here? I think so. Okay, <laughs> we'll go through the story. Then you can ask me questions as to why I wanted to do this okay. in terms of the podcast, okay? Okay. The restoration had begun, and it would be some time before Enchanted City lived up to its new name, Bright City, The changes required for that to happen would demand the gifts and work and actions of all who loved the king. Wheat, wheat, the whistle sounded softly in the thick darkness of the night. Grandma Sarah woke instantly, the warning signal jolting her from slumber. Wheat, wheat, few heard the call, but those whose ears were trained, turned in their beds, shook off the covers and made ready... To do battle. The warning meant that dark things were creeping out of the garbage dump to do damage somewhere. Danger had breached the surround that protected Bright City. Tweet, tweet. It was the whistle for the granny vigilantes. Grandma Sarah dressed quickly in the deepest of midnight blue pants, which she yanked over her aging legs, and then with one more tug up far above her waist. Over her head she pulled a matching cable knit sweater for warmth. Tucking her white hair beneath a knit stocking cap, she tied the laces on solid black shoes with thick, flat heels. Double knots. No need tripping while on the streets. She patted her pants pockets. Yes, there was a big box of strikes. Careful to keep her balance, she strapped around her left knee the most important weapon of all, her ever-ready beeper. Steadying herself with a sturdy walking cane in her right hand, she cautiously touched that knee to the ground to set off the device. She bowed her head closely to listen. Bzz, bzz Ah, good. The battery was still strong, the signal low but clear. She was ready to take her place on night patrol. Grandpa Daniel still lay in bed, snoring and deep in sleep. Grandma Sarah pulled the covers over his chin and whispered a blessing over his dreams to the king, Then she tiptoed from the bedroom from the house to where her patrol partner should be waiting on the street outside. With king's ways, she would be gone and back before dawn's break, back before her husband even woke and had a chance to worry. On the front porch, Grandma Sarah touched her left knee to the ground and tapped out a secret code, two short buzzes and one long, bzz, bzz. Bzzzt. This meant Grandma Vigilante reporting for patrol. Are you there? One could never be too careful on the streets at night. In the dark, all shadows looked alike. The answer came back a quick code in reverse. Bzzzt, bzzzt, bzzzt. This meant Grandma Vigilante reporting. Yes, I'm here. A tall, thin form stepped from behind a lamppost. Ah, good. Ruthie was near and ready. The two were long-time partners on night patrol. By day, these grandmas and hundreds of others, two for every block, were gray-haired ladies with slightly stooped backs, or soft, comfy tummies, or saggy arms, or wrinkled faces. In day life, all were grannies who doted on their grandchildren. They said, of course, dear, to their husbands, they baked endless batches of walnut-chip molasses cookies and kept their house in immaculate order. But at night, when their grandpa-husbands were sleeping after a full day of labor for the restoration, at night, when danger was most near, when dark things dared invade the city of the king, slipping through the cracks in the holy surround, then these Grannies became, who would have thought it, the fierce granny vigilantes." The grandma patrols, stealthily moving two by two, looked like aging cat burglars and might be laughable to some, but the enchanters' legions had learned to fear their blitz attacks and no longer took any old ladies for granted. The naysayers and even burners and breakers had learned that when danger threatened grandchildren, these grannies showed no mercy. They took no prisoners. They scorned negotiations. Their canes were deadly, and their deep knee bends proved lethal to the cause of the enchanter.
0: "'So, Ruthie, what's going down tonight?'
1: whispered Grandma Sarah, pausing in the street to pull dark gloves over her gnarled fingers. When they had finished their night disguises, the old women linked the hooks of their canes so as not to become separated in the darkness. "'Oh, dearie, the worst of the worst is out tonight,' muttered Grandma Ruth." "'There are sleep-stealers on the prowl.'
0: "'Those low-down dirty crawlers, stealing beautiful dreams. "'They hate it when the city rests at night and lives in day life.
1: Well, "'We'll fix them, won't we, Ruthie?' <laughs> "'Sure gonna try, Sarah, sweetie,' the tall, thin granny chuckled under her breath. "'Despite the danger, the two were too old to be afraid. "'They had worked for the restoration for a long time, and they knew the secret.' Those who practiced deep knee bends at night became filled with king's power. Grandma Sarah went to bend her knee, and Grandma Ruth steadied her elbow. Careful, dearie. Remember the arthritis. The buzzer emitted two long signals. Bzz, bzz. We're on the vigil. Who is keeping vigil too? Throughout the city her signal was answered. Bzz. We are on the vigil. Who is keeping vigil with us? From the sound of the many echoing buzzers, it seemed that granny vigilantes were out in force. Sleep-stealers were abroad, and surely following them were the naysayers. The first went creeping and stealing the good dream stories, and the second came sneaking behind, blowing bad tales into the ears of sleeping boys and girls, men and women. From somewhere down the street, the two patrol partners heard a soft toot. Hark! Hark! they paused, still joined by their cane handles, waiting for a Mercy Street Taxi Corps cab to loom out of the darkness. Once, before the king had freed the people of the city from nightlife, the city taxi company had been the underground headquarters of the resistance. But after burning place, after New Day Rising... The valiant company had been renamed and now dedicated itself to aiding the work of the restoration. It was Mercy Street Taxi Corps that sounded the nighttime warning whistle to waken the Grandma Vigilantes. "'Hey, bubs!' growled a gruff whisper. The two grannies winked at each other. Sure enough, they recognized the voice of Pete the Cabby. They could just make out the form of his taxi parked at the curb with the motor purring. You "Evening, young fella? fellow,' they answered." Yes, some ladies, we got trouble tonight. Them power-outs are doing us no favors. No, <laughs> the creep's been night-crawling for sure. Get you a breach in the surrounding, get you trouble, that's for sure. Got canes? The grandmas nodded. Got working batteries? They nodded again. Suddenly a child's cry pierced the night. The sound wrenched their hearts. Pete growled. See what I mean? Got kids screaming with bad night tales all over the city. A red light blinked on the dashboard, and the cabby shifted gears. Yep, look here. Something is cornered. Gotta give some grannies a hand. The taxi started away. The tires squealed. The brake lights flashed. The car stopped and backed up. He called, Oh, forgot to ask. Think you ladies can handle your patrol without me for a while? They took his neglect as a compliment to their fighting skills, nodded, and shooed him along. This time the cabman did not come back. Stretching their link canes out to full length, Grandma Sarah and Grandma Ruth began their patrol stroll. They slowly semicircled down the sidewalk, the motion of the ark propelling each granny out and forward by turn.
0: "'Handsome young fellow, isn't he,
1: Ruthie?' "'A real nice boy,' agreed Ruth, then whispered, "'See anything?' Whereas Grandma Sarah's hearing was a little lacking, her night sight was superb.
0: "'No,'
1: she answered in an
0: undertone. "'Nothing yet. You hear anything?'
1: And whereas Grandma Ruth's farsight was a little blurred, her hearing was excellent. The two stood still, one listening, one staring. They heard nothing and started the patrol stroll
0: again. A child's scream shattered the silence. If I get my hands on a sleep stealer, he's going to be real sorry. Shh,
1: sweetie, Ruth lifted her hand in warning. What's that? Grandma Sarah stood still, straining to hear. Down on your knee, quick, down on your knee. Without argument, Sarah bent her left knee, trusting to Ruthie's unerring ear. We got a signal coming from somewhere, double signal, bzzz, bzz, double trouble, sound a triple. Grandma Sarah held tightly onto Grandma Ruth's hand for balance. Dread these aches and pains she pressed her knee to the ground in quick taps, one, two, three, bzzz. Bzz, bzz. Again, bzz, bzz, bzz. this meant help is near. Where are you from down the block? But close enough came the answering signal. One long, sustained buzzer that another nearby patrol could track. Bzz, bzz. This meant follow quickly. The two grannies hastened because everyone knew that the danger with a long, deep knee buzzer was that anything good or bad could follow its signal. Grandma Sarah and Grandma Ruth linked elbows and hurried toward the emergency call. Staying together, they peered into doorways and lit strikes. The tiny flashes of fire that blazed to light alleys and cul-de-sacs where burners and breakers like to hide. Stop! Stop! <laughs> whispered Grandma Sarah. Her sharp eyes had detected motion. Something shadowy flurging around the corner of a building.
0: This way. Use the hobble-cobble.
1: Ruth could see nothing, but she trusted her partner's night sight. Then there was a sudden silence. The long, follow, quickly signal had abruptly stopped. The two grandmas hooked their canes again, spread them to full length, and began to march. Outside legs forward and together, hobble. Inside legs forward and together, cobble. Outside legs forward and together, hobble. Inside legs forward and together, cobble. Their thick heels clunk noisily, hobble, cobble, clunk, clunk, hobble, cobble, clunk, clunk as one stretching unit they turned the corner of the nearby building, sweeping anything shadowy before them. Sure enough, a whole circle of dark shadows was inching closer and closer to another form, huddled in the courtyard of a housing complex. Dark things. And it looked like, oh my gracious, it looked like a solo granny. Halt! Who goes there? Called Grandma Ruth. Then, without waiting for an answer, the two women chanted in one voice, In In the name name of of the King, King, the Most High One,
0: one, the Daybringer, the Lord Lord of Light, Light. we We command you to cease and and desist.
1: Here in this courtyard, in the night, their words began to call forth ranger protection, to knit together some hole that had opened in the surround that would keep them for a few minutes, and the shadows stopped advancing upon the lonely granny. Grandma Ruth took several strikes from her pants pocket. She flicked them with her thumbnail. They flared. She threw them into the air, and they gave off sudden light. Well, my, 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 Sarah, sweetie, what have we here? Grandma Sarah's sharp sight scouted the shadows.
0: I'd say we got a handful of burners, a patrol granny alone, of all things, and a few naysayers for good measure. And look here, sure enough, we've got a sleep stealer climbing up a drain pipe. That dirty night crawler... T- "'Meanness just shouldn't be allowed. "'Think we can handle this bunch, Ruthie, or should we signal for Pete?' "'Oh, that young fellow's
1: busy. Don't we usually end up helping him anyway? "'We can handle this bunch, but first let's brace up that solo granny.' "'She called out, "'Granny, Granny, don't be afraid. You're no longer alone. Remember the rule. "'Fear always lets the dark things near. Do you have your handbag?' "'The granny in the center of the courtyard stopped huddling against the wall. "'She clutched her bag to her ample bosom.' Recalling her vigilante training, she quickly began calling out the litany of names. His Majesty, our Sovereign Liege Lord, His Eminence, the Benevolent Potentate. As if to drown out her words, a counter-chant began from the shadows. Nay, 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 then louder, "Nay, nay, 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 nay. Well, wouldn't you know, said Grandma Ruth, always got a pack of naysayers around if they can sniff out fear. Grandma Sarah began to unscrew her secret weapon. The handle crook from the stem
0: of her cane. Shall we take out the sleep stealer first, before he creeps in that open window? Good idea, said Ruthie, and better be quick about it. Her sharp ears were picking
1: up the sounds of shuffling feet somewhere in the courtyard. Grandma Sarah looped her loosened handle crook around the end of the cane stem. She held both out and above her head, circling the crook, now an instant boomerang, round and round.
0: In the head or between the shoulders. What do you think,
1: Ruthie? <sighs> Don't be nice. Give the meanie a good knock on the noggin. Grandma Ruth flicked a strike for a quick light. Grandma Sarah let fly. The cane crook went whizzing round and round, sounding a high pitched whine as it whanged through the air. Scree. It clunked the sleep-stealer directly on the back of the head, knocking him down the drain pipe. The pipe tore away from the wall. It teetered back and forth, back and forth. The sleep-stealer kicked and scrambled with his feet in midair, holding on for dear life. Whoa! The pipe leaned low, lower, lower, then sprang back, striking the wall and shaking the intruder to the ground where he rolled into a hump. "'Duck, grannies!' Ruth yelled as the crook boomeranged back. Sarah lifted her cane tip to hook it in flight. "'Now,' Ruth called out, "'whack em with your bag! Whack em all hard!' And at this, the solo granny against the wall began wailing and flailing against the shadows. She made a break fort and joined the other two in the middle of the courtyard. Grandma Sarah shouted a stroll patrol cry.
0: "'Cane war!' Wumping and thumping
1: and with that she bent her left knee to the ground and lowered her head to monitor its low steady signal better get a backup just in case the two other grandmas linked themselves together by the hooks of their canes made a circle and cried cane
2: Lords
1: Sarah stood straight and joined them in the three-way hobble-cobble rounding and rounding they advanced upon the dark things hobble-cobble clunk-clunk-clunk hobble-cobble clunk-clunk-clunk the shadows edged back pressed hard against the wall The burners lifted their pokers and made fierce faces. The naysayers strained to double their doom tones. Any other city folk might have trembled, sweat, and fled, but not these three ladies. All shouted as one, Whoopin' and thumpin'! With the shadowy creatures trapped against the wall, the grandmas proceeded to take their canes and thrash the shadows. Whoop! Take that! Take that! And that. that! Whining, the dark things turned and hid their heads in their hands. It, "'It's his fault,' one cried. "'Hit him!' "'No!' shouted another. "'He's to blame. Wump him!'
0: "'Thump!' "'That's for making little Patel afraid of the dark.' "'Take that!'
1: shouted Granny Ruth. "'That's for stealing the safe sleep from tiny Lorena.'
0: "'Take that and that you're all deserving of whompin!'
1: As the ladies continued to wallop their enemies' backside, the lump that had fallen from the drainpipe stirred himself and began to crawl on its stomach toward the combat unseen by the battling grannies. How dare these shadowy beings bring danger to Bright City! No mercy, wump! How dare they creep through the fault lines? How dare they steal the good stories from the grandchildren's dreams? A poker flew into the air, and the shadowy lump on the courtyard floor shimmied closer and closer. Unseen, it grasped the hot poker. Unseen, it drew itself to its knees at the back of the grannies and lifted the weapon to strike a blow.
0: Behind you, dearie!
1: Called Grandma Sarah, ducking quickly into a deep knee bend, her head low again to monitor the beeper's signal. Grandma Ruth turned and took her cane to the sleep stealer who was creeping up to bash her. Ah, got you, she exclaimed and mashed him in the midsection. Mercy, he gasped. All three grannies lifted their voices and chanted, No, no mercy, mercy. whomp, no, no prisoners. prisoners, thump, thump, no, no negotiations. negotiations. We hark, wee, hark, a taxi screeched into the courtyard. It was Pete. Grannies, grannies, he called. And hoop. The battling grannies paused, turned around and lifted their canes in salute. Sarah stood to her feet. The buzzing stopped. Pete the cabman scrambled out. Good work, grannies. Good battling job. He opened the back door and barked, All right, dark things, night's almost over. Back to the garbage dump with you. The shadows shuffled about nervously but made no move. Or do you prefer the grannies? Pushing and shoving, they rushed together as one into the back seat, slamming the car door behind them. The Grandma Vigilantes remembered their training. Give no evil in return for evil. They tucked their canes under their arms. They hiked their pants above their waist and stood at attention.
0: Just in time, young fellow. I guess we grannies were getting a little, what shall we say, frisky. We've just had it with those sleep stealers. We've just plum had it.
1: Good job, grannies, said Pete, jumping back into his cab. And solo, lady, I bet you don't hit the streets alone again. "'Patrol in twos or you lose.' The solo grandma mumbled something about her partner oversleeping and thinking she could handle it by herself. And with the power-outs and everything, she thought, but hearing her own words, she finally lowered her eyes. Pete winked at her and said, "'Oh, well, everyone's got to learn sooner or later that a vigilante rule is a good rule.' He reached back and double-barred the back-door locks. "'All in a night's work, Petey,' Ruth smiled. "'Say, looky girls, it's almost dawnbreak faint line of light streaked the sky. Morning was always the all-clear signal to night battles. The taxi squealed its tires, tooted the horn softly, and sped away.
0: Yes, better get back home before Grandpa Daniel wakes up and wonders where I am.
1: The three grannies stood in the street. They listened to the sounds of Bright City. Ah, that was good. No more child cries. No more night screams. Everyone was dreaming the best of the good story dreams. The ones that come close to morning. I guess, said Grandma Sarah as they took off their gloves, shook their hair out from under the discarded knit caps and strolled toward home.
0: I guess I'll make a batch of walnut chip molasses cookies today. After I take a nap.
1: The three grannies linked elbows and patrol strolled with a little dance step down the middle of the empty street. Yes, indeed. Despite close calls, it had been a good night's work.
0: To To the the kingdom,
1: kingdom. to the king. They said softly in parting, and each went her separate way to live out her ordinary granny life. But in her deepest heart, each was proud, despite loss of sleep, despite danger and difficulty, despite today's aches and pains, to be part of the few, the happy few who kept vigil while the city was deep in sleep. Wrote that a long time ago, Karen.
0: Yeah, but over 40 years ago, I think it was.
1: Now you become a granny.
0: I <laughs> know, I'm a granny. Granny vigilante. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You know, it's interesting how when you've written something like that, which is sort of a foretelling of where you are right now in your life, mm-hmm. to think of... You know, the work of the Holy Spirit in these kinds of storytelling things that are prescient or seeing into the future. I mean, we can really relate with the whole concept of granny vigilantes now or the old people, the seniors taking up the role of covering the nation and younger generations in prayers. But you didn't know that at that time. It was a story idea, and it's Mm -hmm. a darling story, really. The first time we read it aloud in practicing this, we could hardly keep from laughing because there's a lot of humor and tender humor that's written into this Mm -hmm. Yeah, but,
1: and I also find myself almost crying.
0: Sometimes. Yeah, some of it's very moving because mm-hmm. we're at that place now where we yeah. have become the granny or grandpa vigilantes, the senior citizens who you are feeling very strongly need to be called out to be a national prayer vigilante. Mm-hmm. Group. Yeah, and I, I don't know how to do
1: that. I, do, I don't think the whole responsibility rests on me. I, no. I don't Mm-mm. have grandiose ideas in that sense, but The Lord is definitely saying to me in some way, you need to move this along. Mm -hmm. Here are people you need to talk with. You need to make some connections here. Because I think that the seniors understand prayer. Uh-huh. More than the next generations that come on because they, they experience Wednesday night prayer meetings. They experience, I think back in days, in my early years, I worked with Youth for Christ. Uh-huh. And those men, they would say, We're going to have an all night prayer meeting. Uh-huh. You know, I'd never been in an all night prayer meeting. Uh-huh. And it was wonderful. And now those days are gone. Somehow well, and, they have to the be in And the churches recaptured. we
0: went to, the conservative churches we went to, had Wednesday night prayer meetings. Uh-huh. It was just de rigor. I mean, you just, you didn't question it. Yeah, you I go went. back
1: to that learning from others. I, I remember Carl Gunderson at old white-haired gentleman. I was in a small prayer group with him, and I prayed, and I thought I did pretty good. And then he started to pray, and then I thought to myself, you know, I don't know a whole lot about yeah. praying. He knows way so more. he was a
0: senior at that time. He was a saying?
1: senior, yeah. yes. Yeah, well, you know, the David, now. there
0: probably needs to be, apart from the fact that I think we're more prayerless as a Christian contingency in mm-hmm. American life, I think there probably needs to be groups where the elders do pray in a way that the youth hear it. And, and, and that's not to discredit the great passion that young people have no. or younger younger ones have to do God's work in the world. Often they're the ones who fuel those of us who've been around for a while with fervor. So I I like the idea of a cross-generational gathering of folk who learn to pray together. But you're really, I think I'm hearing you articulate the fact that you feel like the Holy Spirit or you're being nudged. Something is moving you to call the elders of our nation, of America, in whatever way you can, to begin to be vigilant, vigilant, to keep vigilant prayer, to become Mm -hmm. The prayer vigilantes that we so desperately need in our time. Mm-hmm, yeah,
1: Word vigilante, mm-hmm. this is the old West where they would almost be self-appointed people to make sure that there was justice in the mm-hmm. land and, and there were no courts in the... Or there went. was lawlessness. Lawlessness, the, yeah. They law tried. was
0: corrupt. Or, yeah, Sometimes
1: corrupted. the vigilantes were corrupt. Yeah, quiet, But thing. that word has another feel to it, which mm-hmm. is the vigil. Yeah. We are keeping vigil. Mm-hmm. And and somehow that needs to that needs to come, and God's saying, David, be a part of helping birth that. Mm-hmm. Where it will all go, I don't know. I'm and, I'm still trying to put the pieces together in my heart.
0: And we're trusting you know, that this burden or this vision is being planted in the hearts of many people all over the country. Yes, yeah. So that it will, those prayer voices will rise up, sort of spontaneously, all over, and will begin to find one another.
1: America stands in desperate need of the powerful prayers of its gray-haired citizens. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I can take it in terms of this visit. But let's continue for at least a couple more times talking about aging and how some of these pieces might fit together. I appreciate you being Grandma Sarah. You did pretty well. (laughs) It was probably easier than being a youngster, huh? We needed another mic and another woman to (laughs) pick up all the voices.
2: Thank you for joining us, friend. We appreciate your company. You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. And if you would like to write to us, please send us an email at the following address, hosts at before we go dot show. That's all lowercase letters, hosts at beforewego.show. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois 60187.